Hello, there is Brother Joshua Rhodes with the Bible Preacher Podcast, and I'd like you to turn your Bibles today to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. We're going to read on to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 3. I want to preach on the, uh, the, the subject today of going on with God, going on with God. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, the Bible states, of whom we have many things to say. And hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hebrews 6 verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of the laying on of hands, and of resurrection, and of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Lord, I pray you meet with us now as we go through your word of going on with you, Lord. And I pray that many would choose to continue on. Uh, many are falling away. Many are quitting. Many are throwing in the towel. There are many that scorn and belittle that which is the word of God. Lord, we thank you for our King James Bible. We thank you you rose again the third day. We thank you that you're seated at the right hand of the throne of God even now. And I pray that throughout the, this message, there'd be many uh, that would listen and hear this message and realize, hey, I need to go on with God. And everybody seems to be going on with everything but God. But Lord, I pray that today there'd be some say, I am going to go on with God. In Jesus' name, amen. We see here in the study of the word of God, there are many who went on with God. And I'm amazed to discover God dealt with each of them in a different way. And then I realized God doesn't produce saints on an assembly line like a Tesla factory or a Ford factory. God has an individual plan for each of us. Uh, these men uh, here in, in the Bible were not special men in their fleshly ability. They were just plain, ordinary men that God worked to work a grace in their hearts. They were willing to go that extra mile with God. The secret here. The secret, how do you do that? How do you go on with God? The secret of going on with God is there must be a two-way communication. You talking to God and God talking to you. And a one-way cooperation. See, this word, this word, boy, this word, we just, we wreck, we just fly off the handle, we just totaled car. I mean, insurance doesn't even come out to look at it. It's such, such bad damage. But, the key is to have two-way communication, you talking to God and God talking to you. And the key is one-way cooperation, you cooperating with God. So many times we have a plan how God's going to do this because this, this is how I wrote it out for him. When really you don't need to pick up the pen or the, pen or the pencil or the marker, just Lord, thy will be done. And uh, there have been men in the Bible that went on, that chose to go on with God. 
And there's a lot of movements. There's a lot of camps. There's a lot of conferences of people wanting you to go on with them. But when you get your Bible out, you need to go on with God. This is the, this is the one that you need to seek. Leaping unto Jesus, Paul wrote. Well, first of all today in our Bible, amen, we're going to see from Abraham, number one, we learned there is a sacrifice in going on with God. See, with the sacrifice, what are you talking about, Brother Josh? Well, first of all, the sacrifice of leaving. There in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Abraham left the land that he was born and raised in. He was a citizen of that country, and God told him to get out. But in the going out, Abraham went on. He, he, he Abram learned that there is sacrifice in going on with God. He, he left his country. We see the sacrifice of Laban, but also in Genesis 13, hey, uh, we see the sacrifice of Lot. The Bible says in Genesis 13, verse 8, And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. A lot had to make a choice. Am I going to go on with God in the path of uh, how I, I'm going to follow Abraham as he follows God? And Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote, follow me as I follow Christ. And and, and the lot had to learn, hey, I, I'm going to have to make a sacrifice here. I'm going to have to make a choice. And that's the problem with many in Christianity is they don't want to make a choice. And not making a choice, they have chosen. They they say, I don't, you know, I don't want to do this or that. I'm just not going to do anything. But I learned when you're swimming in a river, you say, I I don't want to, I don't want to swim up river, and I don't want to swim down river. I'm just going to stop swimming. You're either going to sink, or the river's going to take you. A choice needs to be made. The sacrifice of leaving, the sacrifice of lot. Look at. Um, and then uh, Genesis 13, 9, the Bible says of Lot, uh, Abraham speaking to Lot, Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then why go to the left? Verse 10, And Lot lifted up his eyes, being uh, lifted up his eyes, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Verse 11, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Genesis 13, verse 12, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Boy, Lot, he, he, he sacrificed all right. He lost his wife to a pillar of salt, committed incest with his daughters, had no testimony in the uh, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He was a, one of the rulers of the, of the uh, sat in the gate and made decisions for the people of the city. And he sacrificed all right. He, he, he lost. He, he learned that, boy, when I choose what I want, except choosing what God wants, I lose. Can I tell you, friends, when you let God, when you pick, when you choose godly choices, 
biblical, Bible-based uh, decisions being made. Hey, you're going to sacrifice, yes, but you're not going to lose. You're going to gain, friends, the sacrifice of Lot. But then the sacrifice, you've seen the sacrifice of leaving, the sacrifice of Lot, but also the sacrifice of the lad. We're talking about Abraham learning their sacrifice and going on with God. In Genesis 22, 5, the Bible says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And then in Hebrews 11, verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Hey, Abraham learned there is sacrifice and going on with God. Sometimes family doesn't want to go on with you. They don't want to serve the Lord. They don't want to go to service. They don't want to read their Bible. They don't want to be spirit-filled. They don't want to make Bible decisions, Bible principle decisions. No, they, they lean into their own understanding. But Abraham learned there is sacrifice and going on with God. May we also learn from Abraham of the sacrifice and going on with God, number one. But number two, let's learn from Isaac. There is submission in going on with God. He submitted to the will of the Father there in Genesis 22. And in verse 3, uh, the Bible says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Hey, he's leaving at the Father's command. Hey, Isaac learned, when I submit, I'm going to be able to go on with God. Hey, in the military, surrender meant you lost. But in Christianity, to be a boy, it, when you surrender, when you submit yourself to Almighty God, Hey, that's a victory, friend. That's a victory every time. Isaac learned submitting to the will of the Father, of the Father, leaving the Father's command at the Father's command. Then look at verse six. He's loaded at the Father's command, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. Isaac learned, hey, I'm gonna have to bury some things. I'm going to need to carry some things when I submit to the Lord. I'm going to need to follow the Lord carrying some things because it's part of the path of the Father. He learned to submit to the will of the Father by leaving at the Father's command, by being loaded at the Father's command. But look at verse 9. Verse 8 and 9, And Abraham said, My son, God will himself, a lamb, will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Hey, he submitted to the word of the Father. The Father said it. That settled it. The Father spoke. The Father had spoken, and the Son submitted. May, may, may we learn from their example, the Father spoke, and the son submitted. God has spoken. We have his word. Praise God from a King James Bible. Amen. 
Uh, God inspired his word, preserved it in the King James. It's all there without error. God breathed. If God spoke it, we should submit to it. We, he, he laid down at the Father's command. But Isaac learned their submission by being submitted to the will of the Father, uh, submitted to the word of the Father, verse 8. Verse 8 says, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they, plural, the two of them, they, when both of them, plural, the two of them, they went both of them together. He, Isaac submitted to the will of the Father. He submitted to the word of the Father. What we see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19, he submitted to the wisdom of the Father. Hebrews 11, verse 19, the Bible says, Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Hey, he trusted that his father knew what he was doing. When you don't understand what God's doing, can I assure you, based on the word of God, God knows what he's doing? I don't know why God's doing what he's doing. Can I tell you, God knows why he's doing what he's doing. When you don't know what he's doing, can I tell you, God knows what he's doing. We see from this passage, hey, from Abraham, we learn there is sacrifice and going on with God. From Isaac, we learn there is submission and going on with God. And from Jacob, we learn there is a sovereignty and going on with God. Some things are beyond our control, but they're not beyond God's control. Hey, a king is in charge of his country, his kingdom. Uh, what, the, what the king says goes. We see here God exercised sovereignty in Jacob's birth. In Genesis 25, verses 24 through 26, the Bible reads, And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment. They called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. Hey, um, God exercised sovereignty in Jacob's birth. Jacob had no choice in being a twin or in the lineage of of Jesus Christ. He, it was just it was how God had it planned. God exercised sovereignty and Jacob's blessing. Look at Genesis chapter 25, verse 23. And the Bible says, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and the two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be as stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Hey, God exercised sovereignty in Jacob's birth and Jacob's blessing. Oh, then look at Jacob's bride. Hey, God exercised sovereignty in his bride. Jacob loved Rachel, and God chose Leah. Hey, from Leah come Judah, the lineage that produced Christ. Levi, the lineage that produced the priesthood. But hey, with, with, uh, with Jacob, hey, God exercised sovereignty in his burial. Tell me God don't have a plan. Hey, like when the, in the independent Baptist circles, you say the word sovereignty, everybody thinks you run into God-picked people to go to hell. No, sir. 
No, ma'am. It's whosoever will, okay? We're talking about as a king making decisions in the kingdom. We're talking about his burial here, all right? Don't put words in my mouth. Genesis chapter 49, verse 29 through verse 31. The Bible says, And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephraim, the Hittite, and uh, in the cave that is the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephraim, the Hittite, for possession of a burying place. Verse 31, there they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. And there they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. Hey, God exercised sovereignty throughout all his life. It doesn't take away that Jacob had a choice. And Jacob made choices. But also God had choices made as well. I'm thankful that God's on the throne. You say the word sovereignty, people say, you believe people going to hell? No, sir. People are going to go to hell, but God didn't choose for them to go to hell. The Bible says hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. I believe in everlasting life, eternal life, whosoever will. Who can be saved? God died for the sins of the world. If their heart is beating, Christ died and desires them to be saved. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. But I see here, not not but and I see here with that and I see here that Jacob hey God interacted with his life God wanted to be a part hey when you go on with God God's going to be a part of your life he's going to be a part of your blessing he ought to be a part of who you pick for a bride he ought to be a part of how you choose to walk and live your life we see here with going on with God we learn from Abraham there is sacrificing going on with God from Isaac, we learn there is submission in going on with God. From Jacob, we learn there is sovereignty in going on with God. But then, uh, and in conclusion, we see from Joseph, we learn there is suffering in going on with God. I see here in Genesis 37. Let me turn over there right here real quick. Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 11. Genesis 37, right after Genesis 36, praise the Lord. Genesis 37, verse 1 through 11. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil Report. Now Israel uh, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. He made him a coat of many colors. When his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Joseph and, and Joseph dreamed a dream. He told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. He said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? 
or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. He told it to his father and to his brethren. His father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? His brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Hey, Joseph, he learned there's suffering and going on with God. He suffered in his parents' house. He, he simply said, let me share with God, let me share with you what God shared with me. His brothers hated him for it. His daddy called him out for it. But the Bible also says, but his father observed the saying. Hey, going on with God is not always going to be popular. Ask Elijah. It's not always going to be popular. Ask John the Baptist. It's not always going to be popular. Ask the apostle Peter as he's being crucified upside down. Going on with God may not get you invited to all your conferences. It may not get you all the meetings you're seeking to have filled for the year. It may not fill up your church with people uh, going on with God. If you want to have a whole bunch of people, go find yourself a college football team, and they'll bring in 70,000 people, and they'll hoot and holler and throw food and spit and throw uh, things all over the field. But that's not going on with God. From Joseph, we learned there is some suffering. People say, I, I like happy messages. I do too, and I'm positive. That if you're going to go on with God, I'd be a liar to tell you you'll never have valleys. You'll never have days where you say, let me die like Elijah did. For Joseph, we learned there's suffering in the parents' house in Genesis chapter 37. In Genesis 39, he suffered in Potiphar's house. Old Potiphar's wife wanted Joseph to come lie with her, and she tried again and again and again to have him lie with her, and, and the Bible records him running away. He lost his coat. She grabbed his coat, trying to keep him there. I'm thankful he wasn't a modern-day preacher. He'd have hung around and get his coat back. I went to Burlington Coat Factory for that, that, that jacket. Don't you know how much that coat costs me? I'm hanging around here. You know what? Nobody's watching. Hey, I'm going to be pragmatic about this. Don't nobody see me here. It's just me and her. I'm just going to do my thing, and I'm going to go on my way. No. Joseph ran out of there without a coat, but he kept his character. Hey, he suffered. She went to her, that, that, that woman, uh, that horse behavior, she went to her husband. She said, this man tried to rape me, and he threw him into prison. You know what? I, I believe I don't have a Bible on this, I, but my personal opinion I believe that Potiphar knew his wife behaved that way. I don't believe Joseph was the first man that she attempted to seduce. But Joseph suffered, though Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. He suffered not in that he said no, but he suffered in that he was sent wrongly to prison. But what man meant for evil, God meant for good. Hey, he, he suffered in the prison house. He, he, he is sold by his brothers. He's 
Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him there in the home, and then he 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 gets sent to the prison house, and though the Potiphar and uh, those two men there, the baker and uh, boy, those folks, they 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 had dreams. They said, "Hey, Joseph said I I can interpret your dream for you, the baker and uh, you know." He said, I'll interpret your dreams. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. One, one, one cooks for the uh, king and the other tastes the food. Hey, uh, I can take care of that. I'll tell you your dream. He tells them their dreams. And those men say, hey, when I get out of here, I'm going to tell the pharaoh, I'm going to tell them your name. I'm going to get you out of here too. If, if I get out of here, you'll get out of here too. We'll make a deal. Well, they forgot, Joseph. You ever been forgotten? You ever been brushed to the side and you're more of like a, uh, not even a needed piece of furniture. You're just in the house, but nobody knows why. That's Joseph. He had been forgotten about, falsely accused. He suffered for many years. Why? <laughs> he just purposed in his heart. He's going to go on with God. It's not fun to be forgotten. It's not fun to be lied about. It's not fun to be uh, set aside or passed over. But Joseph said, I'm going to go on with God. He said, well, where's it saying about He said, I'm going on with his behavior, his choices, Bible principle decisions he made shows his heart was directed to the Lord. And always remembering he's in the Lord's presence. So I, he, so Joseph decided there in that pit, I'm, I'm going to go on with God. He's in Potiphar's house and falsely accused. And he decisions made to throw him in prison. I'm going to go on with God. Hey, he, he could have got bitter. He could have had cause. He could have had reason. He could have had a whole another podcast of why he's mad at all those Independent Baptist preachers have lied about him and done him wrong. No. He just kept going on with God, conducting himself as a child of God. A faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted, friends. But can I share something with you? We see that at the end of Joseph's life, he's in the second of command of Egypt. The greatest nation, the most powerful nation in all the world at that time. And Joseph was the number two man. He was instrumental in use of the Lord in preserving many nations, preserving his family. Why? Because he went on with God. Going on with God, it may not pay on the front end. There may be some real ugly, some real dark, some real tough times. But Joseph just decided, I'm going on with God in my suffering. Jacob learned that throughout his life, the sovereignty of God played a powerful part. God had a plan for Jacob's life. Can I tell you, God has a plan for your life. If you're not saved, hey, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible mentions that in the days of Enoch, uh, men began to call upon the Lord. Hey, from the times of, of God calling Adam in the garden to, to that last soul that will be saved before the trump sounds and God takes us all to heaven. Hey, 
Uh, have you called upon the Lord? God has a plan for your life. First thing, get saved, get born again. In John 3, 3, ye must be born again. Today's the day of salvation. Hey, go on with God in salvation and in service. We see with Abraham, there's sacrificing going on with God. With Isaac, there is submission and going on with God. Hey, friends, I ask you, are you going on with God? Or are you going on with everything else? Hey, these men learn that it pays powerful. Hey, the front end might be bad and ugly. It might be in the down and out. But can I tell you, friend, it pays to go on with God. I said this in the beginning. I'm going to say it in the close. These men weren't special in some kind of fleshly ability. They're just plain, ordinary men. God worked a work of grace in their hearts, and they were willing to go the extra mile, the extra two mile, the extra three mile. You know what? They just went on until they quit counting the miles. The secret of going on with God is this. There must be a two-way communication. You talking to God and God talking to you. So you got your two-way communication and your one-way cooperation. You cooperating with God. We get those in line. And friends, folks are going to be able to see that person's going to go on with God.